Well, I've got a, a very short agenda tonight, so hopefully there will be music uh, to the ears of those who are attending tonight. We've got a, a pretty short lesson here, and I just wanted to keep it very concise. I just want to give you uh, each of you some words of encouragement as we uh, get ready to, uh, you know, to leave uh, entrusted and, and really take what we've learned and uh, start applying it to, to our families and uh, raising our children. And then we'll just kind of open it up. If you have any thoughts or questions or anything you want to discuss, we'll just kind of, we're going to forego the uh, question time tonight and just uh, really open it up to you uh, to discuss what you'd like. But uh, we're, this is lesson 16, our last one, growing in relationships. And our key concept tonight is uh, godly parents teach their children to be loving, forgiving, and wisely choose their friends. So we'll cover each of those three uh, items um, in our material tonight. But uh, we're going to be learning about relationships uh, inside the home and outside the home and how all that works. Um, it's a, a process that builds uh, character. Uh, it's um, The author laid out a process tonight we'll be talking about uh, regarding just life within the family, how siblings relate to one another, um, you know, what kind of uh, challenges that brings out, uh, you know, what, what are we trying to teach our children uh, during these times. So it's, uh, it's repetitious, uh, it creates consistency, and we've had some other systems as well that we've learned and, and talked about that will be very helpful in, um, in being able to um, help our children in these uh, particular areas. But uh, the first uh, area we'd like to look at is uh, requesting forgiveness. So, again, this happens uh, in the context of uh, a family in the house. Uh, generally, there will be uh, more than one child. Um, I'll tell you a, a little quick, uh, cute story in just a minute about uh, if you have just a one child in your household right now, because there's ways around that. But uh, anyway, um, Sibling disputes and asking for forgiveness in this uh, sibling rivalry. So, you know, these are things that were that um, opportunities that we have within the household, and it's not just you know, hey, kids are fighting with one another, but um, you know, we've we've got again, we're training our children to be able to relate to one another, as they'll have to learn to relate to um, individuals outside of the home. So it starts in the home first. And uh, in First Peter 3, 8 through 9, it says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because, this, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Now, these verses, I mean, this is maturity here is when that you can start to get beyond where we trade insults with one another, but we repay evil with a blessing. So that's where we want to take our children, um, and that's where we're training them to get to that point. But there's a process that you go through to be able to get to that point, and it's very critical within the family that we start to instill this into our children. So the author, um, she talked about holding trial. So, you know, she had, I think, four or five kids, uh, at least four. And, um, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot of squabbles with uh, four kids, you know, fairly close in age. So she would hold a little trial. 
And so basically she would have the, the two that were uh, in a squabble with one another and she would bring them, you know, just kind of like in a little court. And uh, then she would uh, gather and establish uh, the facts of, you know, what happened, you know, did Johnny hit Susie and, you know, why did you do that? And then uh, she gave each of them an opportunity really to kind of present their case uh, of explaining what happened. And this is critical. Uh, it, it's not that um, the parent has to completely take over uh, in, in this uh, at, at this stage here, but this gives the opportunity for your children really to express, you know, what has happened because that is important because their words do matter and they will learn to make sure that they're telling the truth or doing it accurately. Um, and certainly this causes them to have patience as they wait for their brother or sister to present their case. Uh, also for the parent as well to show patience and everyone needs to listen and hear one another out. But through this process, the so is that us frozen, or is that just Pastor Rich frozen? Sounds like uh, oh. I I was fine at least. I think it's just. <laughs> I I don't know where I uh, left off at. I was holding a little trial, gathering, establishing facts. Uh, yes. Can they hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. And I was just saying that the truth usually rises to the surface, and I've seen this happen. Uh, many times in a church setting where uh, an individual is being confronted over something, they're trying to hide it, uh, but as, as, as best as they're trying to hide it, the truth always comes to the surface, and I've seen it happen time and time again. But um, in, if the child doesn't, if your child doesn't tell the truth, then there's consequences for that. And, um, and the author said that, you know, that's when they would get a spanking is if they did not tell the truth. So you learn early on, you must tell the truth. And if you build a history of telling the truth, your children will have a very hard time lying without you knowing about it. So, again, you're going to learn their body language, uh, their story's not adding up, and eventually the truth comes out. And uh, certainly as they get older, uh, you might not hop on them right away when you start to kind of – um, get the sense that there's something is up. They're not telling you the truth. They're allowing their heart to be uh, convicted so that they're uh, uh, proactive about uh, reconciliation. But, uh, you know, going through this process time and time again is, again, it creates consistency. It's repetitious. This is how children learn. Uh, once they know that, you know, they're being brought into this little courtroom, basically, uh, to you know, plead their case or to for the parent to get down to the truth, this is how they learn. And this is a process that they will take outside of the home. And if you can learn how to handle these situations at a young age, uh, it's going to help you greatly as you get older. And I'll, I'll be, I've seen older people, I mean 50, 60, 70 years old, that still don't know how to handle um you know, dealing with uh, individuals and how to work things out. And uh, the sooner you can do this, the better. But uh, one warning that um, the author gave was uh, never accuse your child of lying if you don't have the evidence. So you, you don't need to go beyond, you don't need to go for that point. And even in a church setting, as church leaders deal with people, we never felt like we had to pressure people that hard uh, to get the truth. Uh, because we know that it eventually will will come to the surface, and the Lord will bring that out. Uh, 
into the open. So, um, you know, don't, don't accuse your child of lying. Uh, that can hurt your credibility. That can, you know, certainly, uh, hurt your child as well. Um, so just uh, try to refrain from that. But, uh, receiving uh, forgiveness from one another, uh, so that the relationship is healed. And, uh, this is important. So after this process, your children have, you know, basically presented their cases. You've basically said, hey, this is what needs to happen. Um, you know, Johnny, you were wrong for hitting Susie, and Susie, you were wrong for, you know, calling Johnny a name or whatever it is. But um, it's so at this point, we need to be able to reconcile the relationship. And it's very hard to show affection and hold a grudge at the same time. And I will tell you that, you know, those are things that you need to learn. You need to be able to learn that once you've discussed something with somebody, you've come to a conclusion, you need to be able to reconcile the relationship, um, you know, on a, obviously on a biblical basis, but on an emotional basis as well, is that we're still brothers and sisters in Christ so that, um, you know, we're not holding a grudge. Because I will tell you that if you don't nip that, nip that in the bud, um, Certain individuals can become vindictive over this. And this is where bitterness sits in as well, is when you're not able to let go of a situation. So this is uh, very critical. And so after you've um, they've agreed to on, on a better plan to play together, exchange forgiveness and uh, hug or whatever it is uh, that they do to reconcile, you know, this wipes the, uh, the blackboard uh, clean. And we're trying to instill in our children to be, peacemakers. So that's proactive, is that we want to make peace with individuals and being able to gain that reconciliation so that we can we can uh, move on. Now as they start to get into older uh, ages, um, certainly we need to learn to grow in long-suffering. Uh, this is uh, difficult for anyone at any age, really. But at some point, certainly with children, is that you need to break the chain of offenses. So it's not that I'm going to continue to retaliate against you. I'm not going to continue to, you know, kind of one-up you. You know, you said this, well, I'm going to say that, and, you know, it's back and forth. At some point, somebody has to show maturity and break the chain of offenses. And, um, you know, this is critical as you look to, you know, handling uh playground uh, relationships. So we're starting to kind of move now outside of the home. And this can be very difficult depending on the setting. Um, I know that in public schools, uh, it, it can be very difficult because um, it, it's not uh, like a Christian school where, you know, just about everyone that you encounter is going to be an unbeliever. So it's it's pretty much survival of the fittest. I mean, whatever they think is right is uh, how the way that they're going to handle it. So it's very critical to kind of learn these skills, but also we need to be able to prepare our children that as they go outside uh, into the world, they start to, start to encounter the sinfulness of the world, is that we're able to prepare them um, spiritually and really mentally on how to handle things. And uh, so it's very important that we do, we do that because – uh, the Lord is allowing, you know, unfair incidents uh, to um, in your child's life, so that they can grow in character. And this is uh, this is really preparing them how to handle, you know, uh, the um, diversity within uh, 
adversity within uh, living in a, a sin-cursed world, but also it helps them to demonstrate the, the strength of character. Um, and, and ultimately, if they're suffering because of their faith, you know, maybe they go to church, they're being, you know, teased or they pray or whatever it is, you know, we need to be able to um, teach our children that God is honored. I mean, he will help you in these situations. We need to be able to let them know, hey, look, this is how the unbeliever, the unregenerate heart uh, reacts to us um, and to each other. So we need to be able to, to prepare them for that. Uh, some good verses are uh, 1 Peter uh, 3, 13 through 17. It says, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to, to everyone who asks you to give the reason and for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And these are just things that we need to be able to prepare our children for. Because things are not going to go their way. They're not going to necessarily understand why this bully is is behaving in the manner that they are. Now, again, we need to be parents. We need uh, need to be able to protect our children. But we need to be able to prepare them. And obviously, if it's a situation that is outside of what they can handle, then we need to be able to jump in. But being able to prepare that so that they understand you know, what they're going to encounter in this world will be a great confidence to them. Also, Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. And that should give your kids confidence, knowing that God is there. He sees what's going on, and he's at work in their lives. So we can, we can have confidence in him. We can pray to him. And then our children need to learn to endure hardships and suffering for Christ but also to stand up for the weak. So, you know, we view it as an honor to be able to suffer for Christ. But also we're looking to be able to, those around us who are weak, you know, uh, the world's going to treat them the same way. And being able to come to their side, I mean, this could be a great opportunity for them to be able to witness to their friends and to be able to help them through these difficulties to show them that, you know, I handle things differently. I view things differently. Let me tell you a little bit about that. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for them to be able to speak up uh, for their faith. And our last point is learning to choose friends wisely. Um, I don't think I need to say a whole lot about this. I mean, basically, whoever you choose as friends, um, you know, if you choose someone that doesn't have a, a good reputation and they're a rebel rouser, uh, they will generally never come up to your level. It's always where you will go to their level. And uh, Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And then also 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three: Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So <clears throat> we need to be able to t- teach our children. We want you to be able to be, befriend those who, are, who have good character. Uh, be able to explain that to them. 
also to try to be a witness to those who don't have good character. But there are certain guardrails we need to do, we need to be able to put up. Just like we have guardrails in marriage, we need to be able to have guardrails um, in our friendships as well and who we're going to have as friends. But then, you know, learning this discernment with uh, choosing our friends wisely uh, will hopefully lead to wisely selecting a spouse. And they had an acronym, uh, CATCH, and um, uh, in looking for a spouse, just some things you have to look for. Uh, C is for confession of faith in Christ. A is able to abstain uh, sexual purity. T is a teachable spirit. C, committed to the Lord and his word. Uh, and H is high standards and convictions. And certainly I think this is a good, you know, uh, these are good uh, characteristics to look for. Uh, certainly uh, they need to be a believer. Always, um, there, there's just, um, um, there's not an option for a believer um, to pursue a relationship with an unbeliever. There's no such thing as missionary dating. They're either a believer or they're not. And uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Um, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And I will tell you that um, I, I know a number of people that have pursued this route. They thought things were going to turn out different for them. And this individual, you know, well, maybe we get married or whatever. You know, they're going to, you know, they'll at some point open up to the gospel, and it doesn't happen. And I can I can tell you people that uh, have great regret for the decision that they made with this. So, again, I know that none of your children are at this point. Certainly these will things be things that you need to be able to uh, take a look at as you uh, – as your uh, – children get to these ages, but certainly choosing your friends wisely, even when they're young, is being able to go through these principles that we've learned um, so that they can start to, it'll be a lifelong pursuit with them with um, um, choosing their friends wisely. So I'd like to just to uh, give you some encouragement. That's that's the material for tonight. Uh, just as we uh, kind of, this is our last session. And um, you might uh, think, you know, maybe looking at the castles or caracos uh, that, uh, you know, hey, we've gone through all this material. I mean, there's a lot to this. Um, you know, you know, can I do it? You know, how did you guys do it? And I will tell you unequivocally, it's God's grace. And, and that same grace that God gave us with our children uh, he will give uh, with your children as well. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. But, uh, you know, with you persevering to this last night, let me just tell you that you've passed for sure the first test uh, and that you've completed and uh, entrusted. And I believe that God will bless your faithfulness, but perseverance is very key in parenting. And it's just because there's going to be times where you're going to start to doubt and you're going to, you're going to need to rely on the Lord and he's going to be able to help you. But you've, but uh, congratulations to you. You've passed the, uh, you've passed the, uh, the first test. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't take that much more really. Um, and I'll go through because you do have the plan. 
it really doesn't take that much more uh, to do things right. And um, you just need to be you just need to be consistent at the plan. And we've got the plan laid out to you. But really, you know, what's the alternative? I will tell you that if you do not parent your child, they will rule the house. And uh, they will blow beyond the barriers. And I will tell you that it will be a lot of heartache. It will be a lot of difficulty um, uh, ahead of you. So certainly it is worth it to be able to do it. But you have the plan. And we've, we've got the plan. So, you know, we need to be growing um, in our relationship with the Lord. I mean, this is key. Um, being a parent is part of your sanctification process. You will learn in this process. You will mature uh, in this process. Um, structure your house properly. We spent a lot of time on that. Um, process the principles of the Word of God that we uh, read about in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, help them, apply them to life all the time. I mean, I can't think of a better way to teach your children than to apply the principles of the Word of God to everyday life. Uh, we learned some other systems, you know, the full circle, the four steps with the young children of confronting them when they're doing things wrong. Um, structuring your, your child's life with uh, life inside the circle. So we're structuring that so that we can... Um, Show them what what's God's best for their life and what is not God's best for life, the consequences they would have. But you have to be able to structure that for them. Um, I would say evaluate your children annually. You know, look at different areas. Spiritually, where would you want them to be after at the end of the year? Educationally, uh, character-wise, uh, different skills that they need to be able to learn before they leave your home. Uh, building character in and outside the home. And um, cast a spiritual vision for your children. Talk to them. Just say, hey, look, you know, um, where do you see yourself maybe serving? You know, let's look at some some of the gifts that God has given you and how he has blessed you and maybe where you can use this for his work. But help them cast a vision. It doesn't mean they have to do that particular thing, but I will tell you that that's a thought process that they are starting to go through. You know, what is it that God has for me later in? You know, obviously, you know, you're structuring what they can do now, but certainly once they get outside the home uh, will be uh, will be key. But I'll leave you with this one verse, and this is a great verse. It's 3 John 1, 4, <clears throat> and it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I will tell you as, as a parent, that, sh- that should be your prayer is that um, your children will be walking in the truth. And I can tell you now with um, Jessica and Nicholas being outside the home, there really is no greater joy. I mean, you couldn't give me a million dollars, and that would mean more to me than my kids um, walking in the truth. So pray that verse. Pray that verse that... um, that um, when your children leave, that you'll be able to say that with confidence, that, hey, my kids are walking in the truth.